All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of The Admission Guys, where our goal is to help you navigate the college search process. I'm Cole Godfrey, the Assistant Director of Admissions at Lebanon Valley College. And I'm E.J. Smith, Associate Director of Admission. As always, it's a pleasure to be in the building with you today, E.J., and our focus for today is going to be all about the college athletics process. So I know that's a subject pretty near and dear to our hearts, so we figure why not talk about it today? Yes, Cole. I was an athlete in college. I ran cross country and track. I know you were an athlete as an ice hockey player. Mm -hmm. I know we're both engaged, soon to be married, or married to (laughs) ex-athletes. So, you know, it is a big deal. At the time of this episode, we will be married. So that's perfect. You nailed it. (laughs) True. But but anyways, yeah, we want to talk about that because it can be, I know that athletics is a huge part of a lot of people's lives. A lot of our listeners are athletes in high school or in college currently. So we figured that we would kind of attack that today, talk about the different division levels uh, for college sports, some eligibility requirements, because that's always important that you don't want to miss, because if you don't hit that, then Unfortunately, you don't don't get to play, yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's a big one. Yeah, so in our opinion, too, some of the benefits of being an athlete in college, and just a few other things. Oh, and of course, our favorite segment at the end that we always do, Mr. Dadvice. There will be Dadvice. I have it prepared, so no problem. All right, so let's get after it here. So I know since you've worked as a guidance counselor back in the mid-1800s and whatnot, and you used to do this a lot of times, you know, what what advice would you have? Or just, let's, why don't you just kick us off our conversations about maybe the differences of what does it mean to be a Division One athlete, two, or three? Well, I guess the first thing I'd like to talk about, Cole, is just that if you can be an athlete at any level, D1, D2, mm-hmm. D3, even a community college, you are a very good athlete. Overall, a little over 7% of high school athletes, that's about 1 in 13, go on to play a varsity sport in college. And that's at any division. Wow. Less than 2%. That's crazy. It is. And less than 2% go on to play at a Division One school. So students and parents, as you're looking at this, if your student can play at any level, at the collegiate level, they're a pretty good athlete. Yeah, apparently with those numbers, I mean, you said less than 2% of high play, school athletes? Play at the Division One level. Yeah, with those numbers, those are crazy. But as far as the differences between divisions go, though, I mean, there's a lot of thoughts and ideas about, I want to play Division One, but it's not always the right, I guess, the right level for students. Whether Maybe they have the talent, but they don't have the ability to juggle everything because... Division one is a commitment, is a full-time job, as well as going to school. It absolutely is. Yeah. And typically when we think of Division one, we think of larger schools. Mm-hmm. We think of schools that we see on ESPN or uh, on the football Saturdays or something along those lines. They're not always the biggest schools. Sometimes Division one schools are smaller. And there are about 350 of them throughout the United States. And the big difference is, is that Division one schools can give athletic money. They don't always give full, in terms of full tuition, athletic money, but they can give more money than any of the other two divisions that are out there. Yeah, it's if I'm correct, I mean they could give someone a full tuition scholarship, right? Absolutely could. And but each each sport in the NCAA has a set number of scholarships that they're able to give out, correct? It's not only the sport; it's also the school. Uh Uh, Different schools handle it differently, even though they might be D1. Uh, they might handle it differently within their own institution. And you said there's about 350 schools, correct? There are throughout the United States. Okay, so I know with Division Two, there's about 300 schools that are part of the Division Two level, 
And those schools still offer athletic scholarships, if I'm not correct. Like partially, I want to say? Typically, it is partial. Uh, some offer maybe a little bit more money than others. In Pennsylvania, where we're located, a lot of our state schools, in fact, all of our state schools are Division II schools. So student athletes can get some athletic money at a lot of those schools, depending on the sport, depending on their athletic ability. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on that, though. I think it's more common and much more recognized at the Division One level, of course. I would agree. Okay. And, well, since we both played at the Division Three level, me playing ice hockey, you tra- uh, cross country, there's there seems to be a lot more schools in that level than Division One and Two. Well, there are exactly 444 of them. So it is the largest division. That's a lot of schools. Absolutely is. And there are over 170,000 student athletes throughout the United States that play at the Division Three level. So there are a lot of students playing at that level. And it's a little bit easier to balance. I'm not saying it's still not a commitment and that you are not a great athlete. But a lot of times at a Division I school, the school really owns you as that athlete. They're going to tell you when you take classes, when you go to dinner, when you do those kind of things. Where at the Division Three commitment level, it is a little bit less. It's still going to be there, but, but they're not going to own you throughout the entire year. Yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot. And with Division Three, it's really more of an emphasis on the value of competing in sports, whereas sometimes with bigger Division One schools, it's about revenue generation and and whatnot. I mean, you're on you're on ESPN, depending on what football team or basketball, the March Madness, things like that. Uh, I mean, I think Division Three is a great option. A lot of people will say will make it seem like it's a second or third choice, but really, I mean, it's a great first choice for a lot of people. To be able to play Division Three, No, it is. It's still a great chance to keep doing something that you have a passion for. It's a great chance to have that learning experience through being part of a team, the time commitment that it takes. It's great with time management skills. So there's a lot of positives with being a student athlete at any division, but in particular Division Three. Yeah, the big key difference for Division Three is that there are no athletic scholarships that they give out. But however, the majority of the athletes that are uh, on a team and at an institution, they're on some, some form of academic scholarship or financial aid, all based on need, essentially, whereas it's not talent. You are correct. And one big misconception, I think, is that you know, Division Three, I can kind of just walk on. I can just show oh, up at the no. school and be part of a team if I want to be part of a team. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Oh, I no. know our coaches here recruit heavily. They want their teams in place as early as can be. A they lot have of the, some of their teams are set a year in advance. They are. So They're not I, taking recruits. I, I would tell yeah. students to really reach out to those coaches, even if there is a small chance that you might play. Obviously, at a Division One school or Division Two, you might be receiving money that if you decide down the road that you don't want to continue or you don't want to play at all, that money's going to disappear. Yeah. At the Division Three level, you still have that choice. Mm-hmm. If you decide when you get to the school, hey, school's kind of kicking me in the butt and I don't have time to do this, you can always step away from that sport, maybe for the year, maybe for a lifetime. But it's completely up to you. Yeah, and that's the importance of having good grades and being uh, athletic talent because if you are in that top 2% of school, let's just even say top 10% of students that are able to play athletics in college, especially that 2% to play Division One, if you can get an athletic scholarship and a merit scholarship, you're doing pretty well. You know, you're going to be able to go to school very affordably. You are, and one big thing with Division One and Division Two schools, 
there are eligibility requirements through the NCAA. It's the NCAA Clearinghouse. Mm -hmm. And we'll go over a little bit about this, but I really encourage you to check with your high school counselor, check with college coaches, because each high school, and I know when I used to work at the high school, I kind of oversaw this, but there's different classes that meet different criteria. There is a sliding scale with your test scores compared to your GPA, and it's not just your overall GPA. They use typically 13 core courses to come up with that GPA. So it is things like four years of English. Well, let me let me actually ask you this sure. question before you go on. If I'm somebody who is um, a, a, a top athlete and I'm starting to get recruited, and I say and and people mention to me, I'll make sure you're able to pass the clearinghouse. What what should I be looking for uh, when I walk into my guidance counselor's office to make sure I'm set up for success to be able to play and pass this? Usually each school, um, probably one of the counselors kind of oversees the NCAA. Usually it might be someone who has a background in athletics or just enjoys athletics. I know that's why I did it at the high school where I worked because I coached there also. But they will help you to find the right classes. So the earlier you can do this, if there's the prospect of you playing down the road, do it early. Do it your first year, your second year, you know, third year still you can do it. But to make sure that you have the right classes in place to be eligible to do that. Because we don't want to see you miss out. We don't want to see you be offered that scholarship, but then not be eligible to take that scholarship. Because if you don't pass the clearinghouse, you cannot accept that athletic scholarship. Yeah, I've seen people have to sit out before. I knew friends that have played Division One lacrosse before and have not passed the clearinghouse because of the courses that they take. And then you can't even practice with the team. You cannot. So you, you just would watch. have to sit out, right? Yeah, and that's no fun. I mean, that can be very depressing and make your whole college experience start off just not on a great start. And in a, in a lot of cases, especially with athletes, it helps you with time management. It helps to keep you kind of on oh, track. So true. It helps you to do better in your classes because you're doing something you're passionate about. I know either yeah. one, neither one of us would have went to a school unless we could continue doing the sport that we enjoyed, the sport yeah. that we had a passion for, the sport that we loved. So it's important to be able to do that, and that kind of helps keep you on track with your grades as well. It gives you a reason to do better because if you don't do well, you don't get to play. I, I say, thing. yeah, I say it all the time that I did better in season than out of season academically. I was no whiz kid, but for me, I knew how to manage my time much better because it would be hard to do homework on a bus ride coming back from New Hampshire in college uh, on a weekend doing a paper. You had to do it before. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I hear that a lot from our students that they do better during the season than outside of the season. And as well, too, if you have a group of teammates that are all working towards the same goal, you know, you all want to stay eligible and you want to be able to play because uh, let's say I depend on you, you depend on me, whatever that looks like, people are, you know, you're going to be, you want to be accountable to everybody, especially the coach. <laughs> Absolutely. So there are some, we're just going to give you some examples of some of the classes, but please, again, I encourage you to check with your counselor at your school uh, and check early. Okay, it's never too early to kind of go down and say, hey, I'm thinking about athletics. Talk to your coaches. You know, see if, yeah. you know, Division One might be in the future for you or if you're more a, a different level, a Division Two, a Division Three student athlete. There's nothing wrong with any of those different divisions. So, and coaches a lot of times will be upfront with you. But here's some examples of some classes that typically help you to be eligible for the NCAA. And that would be four years of English, three years of math, 
two years of natural or physical science. So this would be things like chemistry, biology, physics, Mm -hmm. one extra year of an English, a math, or a science, two years of social science, so your history courses, things along those lines, and then four years of extra courses from any of the above categories. So that would include, again, English, math, science, or social science, as well as foreign language, or if you go to a school that offers like philosophy or non-doctrinal religion. If you go to a, you typically, I know I worked at a Catholic high school, that religion would not have counted because it was a Catholic high school. So the NCA would not count that. But if you go to a public school or maybe a school, a private school that's not affiliated, uh, religiously speaking, and they offer some type of maybe the history of religion or something along those lines, sometimes that counts. But you do need to check with your counselor who can really help you to kind of figure that out. Yeah, all great stuff. And it's good to be able to make sure that you're taking the appropriate classes because there are so many benefits to being a college athlete other than, you know, all the things that you learn and develop along the way. But I know for me playing ice hockey, it was a blast being able to represent, you know, the institution that I went to. Um, seeing your cl- classmates cheering for you at games and stuff like that, it's its its something that's irreplaceable. And as well as building lasting relationships and being a part of a team, I mean, those are some of the be- closest friends you'll have and that you'll keep in contact with for years to come. So why don't we move into our dad vice segment, EJ, where we always get to hear some of the wonderful knowledge and wisdom from you, who's a dad, as well as someone in the college admissions world who gives advice to all of our students, parents, anyone else out there. What do you got for us today? Cole, you always build this up, and that's great. Thank you. So here we go. Like all students in college, student athletes must learn to manage their time and use it wisely to be successful. To get the most out of your academic program and to be a thriving team member, student athletes need to balance their schedule and make time for attending classes, completing assignments, going to practices, and competing in competitions. Remember, you are a student athlete. You need to balance both books and balls. Oh, that's deep right there. I try, Cole. I try. Well, that that is all great wisdom and knowledge as always because it is true. It is tough to to handle everything that comes at you at once. It really is, especially as a first year student. Yeah, and there is people, and we've had other you know podcasts about this, but there are people there to help you. So no different. Being a student athlete, reach out for that help. Yep. Well, we're both pro student athletes here. We're both pro college athletics, and we think that it's one of the best decisions you can make as long as it makes sense for you. And make sure that if you know if you're able to play in college, you know, go to the school that's the right fit for you academically and athletically. You know, if you're going to go to a Division One school, if you're gifted enough and and sit all sit the bench all four years, I mean, go to a Division Three school and be a star. You know, same, you know, same thing too. If you're a division, if, you, if that's the case for you with division three and you're just not up to par, go start a club, go be part of the intramurals, go somewhere where you can excel and be happy and, and successful with it as well. But, and, and I would just add, be the best you. Yeah. That's there it is. the key. Be yeah. the best you. I like that a lot too. So cool. EJ, it's been fun today. Always fun. Great. And to everyone, thanks so much for listening. We hope that if you enjoyed it, you'll share this podcast with someone to help us grow our community. And as always... Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we will send you a Lebanon Valley College t-shirt to be able to wear. All right. We hope you all have a great rest of your day.